Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. Time now for the Danny Mac Show with BK, getting you inside the cards and St. Louis sports on 101 ESPN. Averaging about four runs a game, and Nolan hits it a ton. Into deep left, it is gone! 2-0 Cardinals. RBI's number 100 and 101, and he does it in style. Two zip, St. Louis. Bouncer through the hole, left side. Here comes O'Neal. Yelich, his throw. Not in time, and the Cardinals have the lead on a Yadier Molina single to left. Ground ball right side. Goldie there. A flip. Garcia there. Nine in a row for St. Louis. 11 games above the 500 mark. And win number 200 in the career of John Lester. Can anything go wrong right now with this team for Don't ask the, that question Dan I'm telling you for five and a half months we would come on this show and we play some highlights and you'd get mad at an opposing announcer and then when I'd leave you get mad at me and only, then only one of them yeah, only I know one. <laughs> suit suit all right <laughs> so thank you Tanner uh Tuesday edition of the show and now we come in and Everything has just fallen into place with the St. Louis Cardinals. I mentioned this on the crossover, BK. By the way, Dan McLaughlin with Brandon Kiley uh, with you for the next hours. We're talking baseball, and our guest will be Ryan Fagan of the Sporting News. But I mentioned this in the crossover. That was a really good pitcher. The Cardinals beat last night. So it wasn't only the outstanding pitching of John Lester, and he was great again at 1.10 in a row. He gives up two runs, but they're solo home runs. Um, and Peralta, to me, when I saw him, Brad and I were doing the games, uh, BT, last mm-hmm. night. Uh, we got done after the, the half inning, okay? So Tommy Edmond strikes out BK. Paul Goldschmidt strikes out. Tyler O'Neill works the count to three and two. Single to center. Boom, Arenado hits a home run. Then Carlson, the base hit to right, and then Molina grounded out into a fielder's choice. And I say, okay, Nolan Arenado has made it two to nothing. John Lester making the start tonight. And uh, half inning in the books on Valley Sports Midwest. Okay, the mics are cut. We both throw our headsets down. And I said, hey, did you? And he, he finishes my sentence. He's like, I thought he was going to throw a no-hitter maybe tonight. He was nasty, man. This guy's throwing 95, 96. His slider is a tremendous uh, strikeout pitch. And I thought after watching the first two hitters and the way that they may, he made look uh, Tommy Edmond and Paul Goldschmidt, I'm like, oh, man, this could be a long night. They're going to have to scratch and claw like we always hear about. But, man, they got to him and they win the game. It's so weird, too, because the Cardinals seem to have Peralta's number for whatever reason. Against the Cardinals this year, he's allowed 10 earned runs in 17 innings. He has a 5.3 ERA against them. The only team he's been worse against is Philly. And against Philly, he's only gone seven innings. Against the Cardinals, he's gone 17. The Cardinals have something on Peralta. I don't know what it is, but they've got some kind of a tell maybe, or they're just hitting him well, whatever it is. It's gone well for him thus far in the season against Peralta. 
And Dan, this is the kind of thing they're going to need in the postseason, whether it be Peralta or somebody else. Yeah. Pitchers like him. They've got to be able to hit quality pitching. And, and last night you that, saw them do that. That one mistake that you make. Absolutely. So he strikes out nine in six innings and... Then you get to the bullpen. Strickland came in. We saw him. We saw Sanchez. We saw Suter. They were able to get to them. Uh, I pointed it out on the broadcast. There is something, and I I wanted to talk about this specifically because I figured a lot of people, we've been watching the guy for 50 years, so it's kind of like, ah, he did it again. But there is something about Yachty when the game is on the line or the stakes are higher or he can smell the finish line. He can smell the fact that they have a chance to do something. Matter of fact, I've seen it more this year at, at the home games than I've seen maybe in years past when the play starts going, yadi, yadi. I, I can just tell he's taking his game to like a different level. Now, he may not have the results all the time, but there's an intensity to the at-bat when he's at home and you hear that. And last night, I, I just... You heard me probably say it. I said, I, I don't know, BT, if I would pitch here to Yadier Molina. There's just something about this guy when you have a runner in scoring position and those late and close situations or the pressurized situations, I think I might pitch around him here and deal with Sosa. Now I know that that probably goes against the book. What happens? He gets a base hit. Sosa grounded out into a double play, by the way. But I, I just felt like... Man, there's something about this guy to the greater point of when you're going down the stretch um, and the games are on the line and they're meaningful. He's a different player. He just is. Credit to Benjamin Hawkman, who tweeted this last night. He wrote, in high leverage situations this season, Yadier Molina is batting 330 with an OPS above 840. He's been amazing in those spots this year, Dan. And if you're just looking at what he's done down the stretch, in the month of September, he's batting 275 with an OPS of 830. You would take that from anybody. His Absolutely. slugging percentage right now is at 490. That'd be a good, be a solid month for Nolan Arenado. And you're getting that right now from your catcher who we didn't know at the beginning of the season if this was going to be his last year, if he had more in him. He's been awesome. Yeah. And this is the kind of thing that the Cardinals are going to need. They had to extend that lineup. You knew at some point you were going to get Goldie, Arenado, and maybe Tyler O'Neill going at once. It was inevitable. At some point over a six-month season, those guys were all going to get hot together. Now, their ability to add on to that, Edmundo Sosa, who's been good this month. Harrison Bader has been pretty solid this month. Yadier Molina, who's having a really good month. And Tommy Edmond, who's kind of returning back to form that we saw at the beginning of the year. Well, that completely changes the complexion of this lineup. Now you don't have any easy outs, and that's what makes things difficult for opposing pitchers. Nolan Arenado. So he was on base three times last night, including that uh, two-run homer in the first, which gives him now the first since Matt Holiday with 100 runs batted in in uh, since 2012 for the Cardinals. So that was numbers 100 and 101. He was asked about the style of baseball that uh, the Cardinals are playing. Is this what he expected when he put on a Cardinal uniform? Just playing meaningful games in September. That's what it's all about. And, uh, you know, we control our destiny for a while there. It didn't look very good. But uh, the one thing about this team, man, we don't get too high or too low. Everyone kind of stays even keel. And we know that it's a long season. And uh, we're just playing really good baseball right now. Like, collectively, everyone's doing their job. And it's been a lot of fun. And that includes, according to Nolan, uh, the pitcher last night, the starter, John Lester. John's just a big game pitcher. um, And he's been an unbelievable competitor obviously facing him for a long time he's just you just know you can't really get to him he's just really good and uh he's had an unbelievable career we were happy to give him that 200 
<laughs> Number 200, a lot of hugs after the game. And how about John Lester? Uh, what's he done that's giving him success to uh, have all the success? What's he doing? What's the aspect of his pitching that's giving him all the success this year? I think that's, you know, buying into to the changes I need to make or needed to make. You know, I keep talking about it. It's been a kind of a constant theme, you know, after games and stuff. And, you know, it's it, the game is ever, ever changing. And, and, you know, if you don't, make the adjustments you'll you'll be out of it pretty quickly and you know you guys kind of saw that coming in and we've been able to to really buy into those adjustments since i've been here and um you know obviously having yachty back there helps that and and you know mike and and the the staff here have really helped me kind of form a game plan of what we're trying to do you know still going out there and you feel uncomfortable because it's not what you've done and you just have to you know, kind of buy in and, and try to execute pitches. We've had a lot of neat moments this year, and I mentioned this on the crossover. I thought one of the coolest things that I saw, and I don't see him do this very often. Matter of fact, I don't see either one of the guys do this very often. John Lester's even said, I'm not a big hugger. But how about when Yachty hugged Lester, and it was kind of an extended embrace, and you could see him saying something into his I would love to be like a fly on the wall and mm-hmm. wonder what he said. I mean, you think about John Lester going against Yachty and the Cardinals, two of the faces of their respective franchises at the time. 2013, John Lester shoved in the World Series. He was awesome against the Cardinals. Then you think about his time with the Chicago Cubs and the head-to-head battles and matchups at Wrigley and St. Louis and the two teams going back and forth. And now here these guys are in the latter stages of their career looking at yet another postseason, and he gets win number 200 with Yadier Molina behind the plate. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. That's pretty cool, and that's kind of the the pageantry of the game. And I just – it wasn't lost on me, that long hug by Yadi for a guy that hasn't been around the Cardinals very long. And I just wonder what was said in that conversation. Yeah, it's awesome to watch. And Dan, there he mentioned there's some changes that have taken place in his arsenal. And you can see that in his pitch usage. First of all, he's basically ditched the four seam compared to what it was previously. Because it he's, gets hit. Yeah, it's getting hit hard. And the sinker is now what he's going to instead. And that's something that he's able to get some more ground balls with weaker contact. And that's something the Cardinals have been using a lot of this year. But there's an even bigger change that's taken place for John Lester than just the usage. It's the effectiveness of his cutter. And I remember earlier this year, we talked so much about Dan, the cutter for Carlos Martinez. It was a game changer for him for a little while. It didn't stay that way, but for a little while it bought him time and he was able to get lefties out better than he had in like three years. Well, that's what's happening with John Lester right now. Pre-July 31st, so pre-trade, John Lester was getting hit to the tune of a 345 batting average against his cutter. Now, it's a 210 batting average against against that cutter. It's completely changed the way that oppo- opponents are able to sit against him, and he's throwing at 25-27% of the time. That's something he's going to a lot of. So John Lester, the cutter, that's been the game changer for him. While his arsenal has changed completely, it's really the cutter that's changed in its effectiveness. I'm going to ask you or make a statement here and see what you think. Yeah. So to me, Lester, when I see a right-hander up, a right-handed batter, um, it's away, 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 away. And all of a sudden, guys start leaning and looking away. And this is part of the greatness of, of Yadier Molina, too. He'll see that. And John Lester's even talked to Wayno about reading what a guy is doing in an at-bat. So if you see him leaning out, all of a sudden, he still has that cutter. You bust that thing in, man. And all of a sudden, 
He's on. He's on bats. I mean, mm-hmm. we saw that a few times last night. It's Yachty reading what's happening at the plate. It's John Lester doing that as well, and it's still the effectiveness of being able to pitch on the corners, which is what he's doing. So he's not saying, "Okay, I'm going to challenge you because I've always done that and I'm hard headed and this is what I'm doing." No, 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 no. Change up has been effective. He'll flip in a curveball every once in a while to keep you honest. But it's soft contact because he's living on the edges and not just saying, boom, here it is. He's a different pitcher. It's completely different. And you've seen it change since the moment that he got here. His first couple of starts weren't great for the Cardinals. But since then, he's been super effective. I think it's like a... 2.1 ERA in his last six starts or something like that. He's been awesome for the Cardinals over his last few starts. And Dan, my big question going into the playoffs for this team, if they're able to win that wild card game, and I know we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but this is what I do. If you win that wild card game, that's what we do. Who's going to be the next guy up after Adam Wainwright? Well, I think it's Lester. I mean, by what they did yesterday. So if you have the tiebreaker, potentially he's the guy. Now, it's all hands on deck, but I think he would be the guy that gets the start. Um, I also, I'm going to throw a little wrinkle into this, maybe. What do you do if Jack Flaherty comes out of this bullpen session today and he says, you know what, I'm ready to roll. I feel great. To me, I got to look hard at the doubleheader against the Cubs and making one of those starts. And then after that, where does he fit into the plans? Now, that, you know, could be... A situation where you say, well, we're going to go with Flaherty and we'll kind of back off on Hudson. He'll piggyback him and make sure we don't expose these guys and put them in bad spots for their careers. I get that, but uh, that's another weapon. And that's something you have to think about, too. The other thing, too, if you go into a tiebreaker situation or your wild card situation, okay, and it goes to plan and Wayno makes that start. Uh, Jack Flaherty, does he come out of the bullpen? Does he? Does John Lester come out of the bullpen? I mean, you got to win the game. It's winner take all. So you know, guy runs Hudson, into trouble. Maybe. Yeah, that's that's the other one. So a lot of things are happening on the pitching front that are positives right now for the Cardinals. I'll give you some numbers here, BK. The Cardinals since the trade for Lester and Hap, they are now twenty nine and eighteen. Wow. In September, they're thirteen and six. Second half, they're now 36 and 23, third best record in the National League. And uh, 13 to go. So you got seven left with Milwaukee, and then you got your seven or six left with uh, Chicago. So you go 10 and three with a three game lead. Somebody else has to play above what they've been playing. They got to win about 10 games. That's where it comes down to, yeah. you know. So we'll see what happens. This team getting to 90 wins would be such an accomplishment. That'd be great. I mean, it's it's right there for them. They've got a chance. It'd be hard because the Brewers are a really good team, and you're going to have to win a lot of games against them to get there. But if you're able to get 90 wins this season, given what June was like, Dan, I mean, this team's going to be riding so incredibly high going into the postseason. Well, what did we say? You had to get around 88 to 89 to be in. For the wild card. And none of us thought that they were going to be able to do it. And we said, well, here are the none of us. Dan, I know you always believed that that red bird. Yeah, you had a cut on your arm the other day. I saw one pop out. Yeah, there was one. I cut myself shaving the other day. A little red bird popped out and just gave me a nod. I said, what up, homie? He said, we win. And I said, okay. And he (laughs) went right back in me. Um, But they had to get to 88, 89 is what we looked at historically, Mm -hmm. the average. And they're going to have a shot to do that. So, and remember, it was probably about 45, 50 days ago, we said, now, if they're going to get to 88, 89, that means they're going to have to play like 600, 650 baseball, almost 700. Well, now they're doing it. It's incredible. I, I just, 
If you saw this coming, you're a better man than me. I didn't. It's the first time they've won nine straight games since 2004. Right. And that team was 2004, Dan. And the teams that I've covered, so almost 25 years, that's the best team I've covered. Without, were, that, without a doubt. They were the incredible. Best team. Offensively yeah. in particular, but overall, top to bottom, that team was unbelievable. I think in your own life, you the listener, think in your own life, how much has changed, what you were doing back in 2004. That's how long it's been since the Cardinals have done what they just accomplished. And they did so against the Reds, the Mets, the Padres, and the Brewers. It's not like they're beating up on the Royals and the Pirates again. This is real competition that they're doing it against. And uh, the other thing I look at is I, people have asked me, why do you think this has happened? I said, they throw strikes. You have to throw strikes in this game. It still comes down to execution of pitching. Pitching's number one. You can you can have a four hit night and still win a game when you when your pitcher just goes off, right? So it's always been about pitching. And the first half of the season, they could not throw strikes. And so, as crazy as this sounds, the acquisition of Wade LeBlanc is huge. The game changer. I mean, he came in and settled things down in that bullpen, went into the rotation. He would give you five innings. He would walk maybe one and he'd leave the game and you'd be within one Mm -hmm. up or down one, maybe two, whatever. But he kept you in the game. Wayno goes out every fifth day. He throws strikes, but that was like it. And then you went and got McFarland and you got Garcia. I didn't think much of it. I mean, I'd look back and, and at times they had had success, but I didn't think much of it. Well, what happened last night? McFarland cleaned up an inning. Garcia got the save. Uh, Cody Whitley, by the way, is emerging, as I talked about, about 10 days ago. Remember I said, hey, I think this guy's like a middle innings, high leverage guy. Potential multi-inning. He, he almost went multi-innings last night. And here we go with him. And then the addition of Happ and Lester. It's just come together because... The other thing I think that has stood out about this team, and I know we talked about this yesterday, but they are really good defensively. This is a very good defensive team. Arenado's double play that he started on the shift, things of that nature, the Bader covering the ground he covers in center. Uh, I, I'm not sure, and I watch a lot of baseball, as you know, that I'm watching a better defensive team right now in the entire sport. There's not one. They're really good. Yeah, they're, they're, And not the numbers one. bear that out, and they back it up, too. Absolutely. And, Dan, yesterday I thought was so symbolic of what you're talking about with how much different this team is from a pitching standpoint than what they were two months ago now. Because you look at the guys that pitched, none of those guys were on the roster in June. No. They, they weren't pitching for the Cardinals. Daniel Ponce de Leon, who was pitching previously for the Cardinals, he was DFA'd yesterday. I saw some comments from Michael Gersh in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, and his comments essentially, summing this up, this is not verbatim, but close enough, he basically said, hey, listen, we've got to have guys in the bullpen that we trust to throw strikes and so we need to make sure that when Mike Schilt calls somebody out of the pen, he trusts that they're going to get the job done. And he didn't say this specifically, but he said it by the move. The Cardinals didn't trust that Daniel Ponce de Leon could do that anymore. They need somebody in that spot who can. I bet you that guy here pretty soon. You're going to add Jack Flaherty back to this roster. Eventually you're going to add Dakota Hudson back to this roster. Eventually this depth that we've talked so much about all season long, it was not there for so long. And suddenly you're starting to like what you're able to get both out of the bullpen and in terms of the roster position player wise. So BK, I know you love the numbers. I dive into them as well and and try to explain it in a way where I'm not beating people over the head Mm -hmm. when I do the games or even on this show. But the Cardinals are a major league best 43 outs above average. Okay, and that's 
you know, if you want to go um, fielding uh, independent, you want to go fielding Bible, you want to go, um, oh, what's the, the term I'm looking for? Uh, the other one. That's, defensive run save. Thank you. Defensive runs. average. Yep. We got all, all kinds of them. So to put that in perspective, Cardinals are 43 outs above average. The Giants are the only National League team even half of that total. Wow. The only one in the National League. So, again, it puts a premium when you say those numbers on throwing strikes, which they've done. You do that, obviously, they've created a team that has a chance to win. So, all right, Ryan Fagan is coming up. Well, it's a lot of happy talk. <laughs> but when you win nine in a row, what do you expect, right? Yeah, there's nothing negative right now. I Well, there's not a lot negative right now. There may be some complaints that people still have, but... Trying to think. I mean, even, you know, I've heard people like get after Mike Schilt on some of the moves. I mean, everything he's doing is is working. Last night he managed, I thought, a great game. I mean, he takes out Lester, he uses Carpenter, Carpenter hits a double. Yeah. I thought he did. I thought he, he had a great a game last night. So. Back to more of the Danny Mac Show with BK on 101 ESPN. Awesome to have the chance to visit with Ryan Fagan of the Sporting News, a senior baseball writer based right here in St. Louis. He's always kind enough to jump on the airwaves and talk a little baseball with us. And hey, Ryan, first of all, good morning to you. How are things going? Things are going great, Danny. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. It's been awesome to see you down at the ballpark and uh, have folks back in the ballpark. I want to start with that. I don't know if you felt this way. It was almost kind of like an emotional experience where... I felt like Saturday, the game was great. The 2011 celebration, I thought the the club did a wonderful job with that. You had Wayno on the mound. Uh, It's the Cardinals and the Padres. So all that is part of this. However, it felt like pre-COVID to me. It felt like this is how baseball is supposed to be. And it felt like the first time in that building in two years, it felt normal. Am I taking it too far? or what What did you think? I think you're right, and I think part of that is because, I mean, let's be honest, at times this year that the the energy has not been in the ballpark the way that it traditionally has, and I want to say that very carefully. Um, but that's, you know, that's just the truth. that It hasn't been quite what it what it has been over the last uh, couple decades. And, you know, you had to see uh, the stadium filling up for a game like that, to see the reaction, and, you know, the, the Cardinals, <laughs> they certainly on Saturday provided the heroics that the the fans were hoping to see there. And yeah, it's, it's, it's felt more as, as the season's kind of gone along and, you know, especially lately as they've been playing better, it's, it's felt more like a traditional Bush stadium experience than maybe it did, you know, at times in, in June and July this year. What have you made of the Cardinals recent winning streak? I mean, they, they've won now nine straight for the first time since 2004. Are you buying into this team as being a legit threat in the postseason? Yeah, I think so. You know, I mean, I, I did something a couple of, I guess, a week and a half ago, looking at like which wild card contenders like actually have a chance to do something in October. Like, which ones are set up? And and I'll be honest, when I started out writing the piece, in my mind, the Cardinals were a team that you know didn't have a chance to do much. You know, if they get in, that's fine, but they're not going to do much, even if they do get through the wild card. But then you start looking at it, you know, and 
you think what is important in October, right? You got to have a good defense, right? You can't give away extra outs. You can't give away extra runs. The Cardinals obviously have that defense, you know, and defensive runs saved their first um, as a team by, by a, a pretty wide margin this year. You know, you look at, okay, well, do they have guys that can, that can hit homers that can produce runs quickly? And, you know, now with Tyler O'Neill hitting between Goldschmidt and Arenado, I mean, that's a pretty good two, three, four, you know, you could put that up with pretty much any team in, in baseball. And, you know, with Bader hitting a little bit better, now you have a guy at, at the bottom of the order that can do something. You know, Dylan Carlson has fit in there nicely. You know, and I know a lot of people look at Yadier Molina hitting five. and like, what is he doing there? But, you know, you look at what he's done with runners in scoring position this year, and that's why he's there. You want a guy who's going to give you a good chance to come up with some sort of base knock. And, you know, if you've got a runner on second, it's – you know, a single to left or a single to right is pretty important. You know, it's not just about the home run. So, you know, I think the way their lineup is constructed now with the pitching being better with, you know, you can't say enough about what Jay Happ and, and John Lester have meant. But, yeah, all of a sudden, this is a team that, you know, I'm not saying they're a favorite if they get to October, but it, it wouldn't be shocking if they won a couple games in a couple series. Uh, when you look at this season and – I don't want to say it's as simple as walk rate, but I do think it's a massive uh, part of the turnaround. And I was saying with BK in the, in the first segment, I said, as crazy as it sounds, we're going to look back at the acquisition of Wade LeBlanc as being maybe a turning point uh, and a huge turning point in this season. Is that too much? Do you you think of making about that or, or am I right on with that? No, I mean, absolutely. I think when, when the Cardinals signed Wade LeBlanc, they were, they were on the verge of, spiraling out of control. Like they were on the verge of going down into that, you know, 10 games under 500 with a couple of more bad games, they would have been right there. And, and that's something that's difficult to, to break out of. It really is. But, you know, he was, he was a big pickup, you know, he stabilized, he gave them the occasional or not the occasional, he gave them the regular five or six innings. Right. And, you know, I think that's, that was part of the thinking when um, they traded for, happened Lester, you know, it may not be the greatest six innings, but it's six innings. And, and that matters if you're trying to stabilize things. I think he's been a big part of it. You know, and I think part of the reason that the walk rate early in the year was so frustrating is because the Cardinals do have a good defense, you know, and, and you're giving guys free bases, right? And that's kind of what I talked about earlier. You can't give away outs. You can't give away runs. You can't give away free bases, especially when, you know, as Adam Wainwright has shown, if you let those guys put the ball in play, there's a good chance that the defenders that are out there are going to take care of it. So I think, yeah, that was absolutely a big part of what they've done lately. Ryan, is there something that can be learned from this? Like, what what is the lesson from the Cardinals in using these guys that are veteran pitchers, that are throwing strikes, that are utilizing the defense? Is there a lesson to be learned either here in St. Louis moving forward or for baseball as a whole? Well, I, I don't know that it's so much – you know, I mean, I don't know there's so much about the veterans themselves, but the way they've pitched, right? It's the lessons that you can take from that is the young guys can say, okay, well, you know, they're, these older guys are getting major league hitters out without throwing the ball 98 miles an hour. How can I use my 98 and take the lessons that they've given me, the throwing strikes and the letting, you know, letting the, letting the, the defenders do their jobs as well. I think that's where you learn the lessons. It's not that, you know, every 38, 39 year old starting pitcher should get 
a giant massive free agent contract, right? But it's like using those guys and what they've done and showing the younger guys in an organization, you know, the Cardinals and every other organization too. See, you can still do this, and if you can add this element to your 98-mile-an-hour fastball, you could be a really good major league pitcher, and I think that's part of the, the bigger overall lesson. What do you think John Mozeliak is doing right about now? Is he uh, is looking at the, well, he could go back to the deadline and say, okay, uh, did anybody write about Lester Nett? Well, not really. And if they did, it wasn't really nice. And then, you know, that McFarland acquisition, no one really said anything about that or Garcia or LeBlanc. Uh, what do you think John Mozeliak f- feels like right about now? You know, I think he's probably thinking back to the, the, the low-hanging fruit comment he made a long time ago. Yes. People have given him trouble about for a That's long, a long time. That's a great point. That's right. Maybe maybe it's not such a bad thing, right? You know, I mean, he, he's you know he's he, he's done, like, the pickups he has made this year, you know, sometimes out of desperation, sometimes maybe because it felt like they were the only people available for whatever reason, you know, they have, they have turned out. I think part of that is, you know, you know, putting guys in a situation that they can be successful. You know, the Cardinals have given these guys an opportunity to show that they weren't done. Because let's be honest, that's a lot of what the guys they picked up, especially when you're talking about LeBlanc and Happ and Lester, they were looking for an opportunity to prove that they could still compete and succeed at this level, and that's what they've done. We're talking to Ryan Fagan here on 101 ESPN. Ryan, is there any concern for the Cardinals moving forward? Like, what if you're... If you're looking at the negative side of things here, they are about three and a half up now on the wild card. What are what are the questions that you have remaining down the stretch for this team? Oh, that's a good question. I think you know, as, as well as they've played lately, right? The margin for error still isn't great, right? You look at the Dodgers and the Giants and these teams that are pushing 100 wins, and you say, okay, they can make a couple mistakes and 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 still win baseball games and still get in. You know, the Cardinals are playing really very well right now, and they're winning these games because they're executing with very little margin for error, right? Two walks and an error all of a sudden can lead to a couple of losses, right? So I think the key to the, for the Cardinals right now is they just need to keep doing what they're doing, and they need to um, – it sounds dumb to say they need to not make mistakes, but they, they need to not make mistakes, and they've eliminated those in the past couple of weeks, and you know you can't go back to that – other brand of baseball because sometimes it's easy to get there you always have a a great look at the national uh perspective of the game even though you're based here in st louis and and obviously go down to the ballpark all the time so i I watch a lot of games and we were talking about this earlier i don't i I think i'm right about this but uh correct me if i'm wrong i don't think i'm seeing a better defensive team than the st louis cardinals in the game of baseball today they're athletic. They can run. There's good defensive players. There's gold gloves all over the place. Um, is is that the way that you look at what's happening right now with the Cardinals? Is this the best defensive team in baseball? I think they're certainly in that conversation. You know, I think in that that statistic, you know, defensive statistics are kind of, you know, they're they're not. You, you can't look at a defensive statistic like you can a home run. It was a home run or it wasn't. Right? There are a lot of different variables to it. I think that's why it's sometimes hard to look at it. But, you know, one of the stats I love is that defensive run saved. And it's the company that they watch every single play, and they say, okay, well, this is a play that the normal player would not have made, right? And the Cardinals have been very good at making those plays. You know, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but the last time I looked, you know, their defensive run saved as a team was, I want to say it was almost 10 more than anyone else 
in baseball. And that's a pretty big gap, and it's especially good when Adam Wainwright's on the mound. It's been otherworldly good when he's out there. But part of that, I think, is because, you know, Wainwright doesn't mess around. He throws strikes. Defender, defenders know that the ball is probably going to come at them, but it's not going to come at them with hard contact because Wainwright still doesn't allow a whole lot of that. So I think that, you know, when you look at all the players that they have, and, you know, it starts with, you know, anchors like Arnado and Harrison Bader in center field, and the other guys out there are pretty good too. So, um, yeah, it's absolutely a big part of the success that they've had this year. Ryan, I'm going to ask you to project a little bit here for the Cardinals. We talked a little bit about this earlier today. If you were putting together the Cardinals playoff rotation, if you're projecting forward here, what would that look like for you? That's a good question. I think part of it depends on, you know, what what Jack Flaherty is able to do, where he fits into that. You know, I think if you're looking at the one-game wild card, and that's where you have to start, obviously you hope, if you're the Cardinals, that you are in position that you don't have to use Adam Wainwright in the last couple of games of the season, right? That's the first thing, because you want him starting that wild card game against either the Dodgers or the Giants, whoever it winds up being. You know, after that, you know, you can make an argument. Um, you can make an argument for Lester. You can make an argument for Hap. You know, if Flaherty is back to the point that he can give you, you know, four innings, then, you know, I, I think that, that he certainly slots in there too. Maybe you switch righty-lefty. But, yeah, it's, I, I think they at least have options, which is something other than, you know, two months ago we would have – I mean, it's strange to think two months ago – that we'd be having this conversation right now. I'm talking about a team that actually has a, a little bit of a lead in the race for that, that final playoff spot. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Hey, what are you working on right now with uh, the sporting news? You always have a unique look at the game. I love reading your stuff. What are you working on? Well, today, today what we published wasn't a, a fun look at things. It was kind of managers on the hot seat. You know, I think that there's a lot of disappointment in, in New York baseball right now. Um, you know, the Yankees have, I think they're what seven to fifteen in the last twenty-two games, and they've fallen out of that playoff spot. The Mets, you know, have played twelve games under five hundred in the second half, and you know, Luis Rojas is probably on the hot seat there as well. So I think you know that—that's what was out today. You know, it's not the fun thing. I always, you know, I love to find those other things, but today's was kind of look at who who might be gone. And Jace Tingler, you know, Cardinals fans saw what happened when the Padres were here at the end of that long disastrous road trip for them you gotta kind of wonder if, if he's gonna be around next year as well i gotta wonder if bruce bochy gets that you know i saw i've seen his name and i think that you know obviously he has the history with san diego and you look at what he has done um in his history as a leader and sorry my dog my little puppy is well, your dog agrees with me i think i <laughs> yeah exactly he's like go bruce bochy right bruce sparky i don't know <laughs> But, yeah, I think, you know, he makes the this, this sense in filling that leadership void that it feels like they've been missing with Tingler as a guy who had never been a manager, you know, at the major league level. Uh, Bochy would certainly answer that question. Hey, thanks, Ryan, for hopping on. Get to your dog. Uh, and we appreciate your time as always. I always enjoy it, guys. Thanks. You got it. That's Ryan Fagan of the uh, Sporting News. Yeah, there has been some rumblings out there that Bruce Bochy – even though he's out in San Francisco and it was an amicable uh, parting, but he never really said, is this it for me? Hmm. And my understanding is he lives in the San Diego area, obviously had very it's good success. It's not a bad place to live. No, <laughs> it's a great place to live in San Francisco. And yeah, he's had success out there. Um, it would make some sense. I, they, you know, they went with Andy Green. 
Then you bring in Tingler. So you're going with guys that haven't had the track record of being managers, but really good bench guys. And it's kind of like that top assistant in college basketball, the next hot thing. Uh, but maybe they, they go back to the stability of someone that has done it and done it at a Hall of Fame level. It's so interesting what's happening in baseball right now, because I think there was almost a little bit too much of a pendulum swing in one direction where it was like, hey, young, new, flashy numbers, all of these different things. And listen, I'm I'm that guy, right? I'm 28 years old. I like the numbers that like I, I, There's I definitely a place. appreciate all of that stuff. But. There's still a place for guys like Bruce Boshi in this game. There's still a place for guys like Mike Schilt in this game. There's still a place for gut feel and uh, the nuances and pregame scouting. Like all of this stuff still deserves to be a part of baseball. And if you're the Padres and you look at what's happening right now in Chicago, for example, with the White Sox, TLR has not been a topic of conversation over the last few months because the White Sox are awesome and they're one of the best teams in the sport. And he's done a good job of making sure that they keep that thing on the rails. Bruce Bogey is a really good manager, a really good manager who has a ton of proven success in this league. He has a history with the Padres organization. That would be an outstanding hire. It's not something you're doing for the next decade, probably, but he's a hell of a manager and get as much as you can out of him. Well, you're A.J. Preller and you've invested a ton of money and you took a chance on a couple of guys. You can't miss on the next guy. No. You, you got to get the most out of that roster. Can't get enough cards talk. You've come to the right place. Back to more of the Danny Mac show with BK on 101 ESPN. Around the major leagues we go, and we start with our uh, cross-state friends, huh. the Kansas City Royals, and their catcher making some history. Uh-oh. Oh, indeed. High in the air, deep left field, and that is home run number 46 for Salvador Perez. Salvador Perez has moved into a tie for the major league lead in home runs now with 46. Yeah, that's kind of the story, but really the story is it's number 46, and that breaks Johnny Bench's record for most home runs in a single season by a primary catcher, and that's the key in how you want to define primary catcher. Some of those have been as a DH, but the bottom line is a guy that spends most of the time behind the plate, crouching, the hands get beat up, You're beat up, and he hits 46 home runs. He's got a great shot to get to 50. That's a hell of a story. He's incredible. Um, He signed a contract over the offseason, Dan, that a lot of people in Kansas City and elsewhere panned. They looked at it, and they were like, that's what you're going to give that guy at 35, 36, 37 years old? Well, it's working out so well. It's a four-year, $80 million contract, very similar to the one that the Cardinals gave to Yadier Molina at the back end of his career to keep him in Kansas City throughout the rest of his tenure. And Dan, this year, all he's done is go out there and hit 275 with a slugging percentage above 550. He's an unbelievable player. And what he's done so far this year with 46 homers trying to get to 50 this year is is amazing. It is. The Pirates had a 5-0 lead at one point over the uh, Cincinnati Reds, and the Reds were able to storm back. And they would hold on and win it 9-5. to So Cincinnati is three back of St. Louis. The Padres had the night off. They are four back. Well, what about the Phillies? 
Strike three on a fastball, and Means gets Harper to lead off the fourth. And Williams on a foul tip, can't get to a changeup. Strikeout number five for John Means. And struck out Harper in the fourth. And McKenna, very patient hitter, knocks the first one in a right. Let's see what Santander does to third base, waved home. He is safe. It's an RBI single for Ryan McKenna, and the Orioles aggressive in the first inning. Four for five with a couple of runs in. John Means, we saw the lefty, and he's been a bright spot at times for the Orioles. Threw a no-hitter uh, earlier this season, but he goes in and shuts down the Phillies. And so the Phillies now BK four and a half back. They are, and the Phillies are struggling as a team, although Bryce Harper is not struggling right now. Bryce Harper is leading the league in OPS at this point. He has and an extra base hits. Second in slug, I believe now. Yeah, he's at a 181 wow. OPS plus. 81% above league average. Dan, has Bryce Harper somehow become an underrated player now in the National League? I mean, he's he's legitimately one of the best hitters in the sport. He's been that for basically the entirety of his career. Not for me. I, I love the guy. He's incredible. And yeah. what he's able to do, I, the way that he plays, I still wish he would have came here to St. Louis, but that's, that's behind us now. Man, I, I think that there's a pretty good shot at this point that he's going to be your National League MVP. I, I agree. That's a big loss, though, for the uh, Phillies Huge. running out of time because it's not only about the wild card, but it's also about chasing the Atlanta Braves. Swing and a drive by Duvall. Way back in left center. How far is that one going? To the concourse. Wow, a mammoth home run. So the Atlanta Braves win it, 11-4 over the Diamondbacks. So the Phillies are three back in the East and uh, now four and a half back in the wild card. So the Cardinals begin play tonight, 13 games to go. They've won nine straight, three in front of Cincinnati, four in front of San Diego, four and a half in front of Philly. And you've got Alex coming in. What do you guys have coming up? We do. We've got a lot of Cardinals baseball talk coming up, as you would expect, Dan. We'll talk a little bit about John Lester, how much of a game changer he's been for the Cardinals and whether or not he has officially locked in that number two spot in the rotation. We will talk with our guy Jeremy Rutherford coming up at 1130. And Scott Perunovich. How about this? He's been incredible for the Blues. He was in that prospects tournament over the weekend. He showed out in a big way. There's some stuff from the Athletics prospects writer that I think Blues fans are going to want to hear. We'll tell you about that coming up in the 1 o'clock hour. Peloton, let's go! This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.